Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I'm speaking to Amber Omaniak who is a returning guest. I believe this is going to be her third occasion on the podcast. So returning guest to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. And Amber is an emotional eating, digestive and hormone expert who helps professional women achieve optimum health through mindful eating, self-care and overcoming self-sabotage with food. Her podcast, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, has a million downloads, over 400 episodes and is listened to in over 88 countries. And she was featured on TV personality Whitney Port's podcast and has also appeared on local TV 50 times in the last three years alone. Amber overcame her own emotional eating after gaining and losing more than a thousand pounds and spending over $50,000 on binge foods and spending five years balancing her hormones and digestion. And now she helps others achieve body freedom so they can have the confidence and health to create amazing lives. In the episode today, we're talking food and eating around your menstrual cycle. So apologies to any men listening, but hopefully you will benefit from this knowledge and pass this on to all the women in your life. Amber is going to explore increased appetite levels prior to the menstrual cycle and explain what creates this. She talks about how this can make women feel more vulnerable to using food around a week prior to their cycle. Amber goes on to explain how the mindset, mood and physical body all together create this effect and the kind of imbalances that can amplify it. A great topic and one we haven't covered even on the podcast before. Amber does a deep dive here and gives a multitude of tips and wisdom on how to find a more balanced place of harmony and healing, drawing on her own lived experience and through many years of supporting her clients. Let's get to the conversation. Exciting news to report. Our event, Inspiring Prevention of Eating Disorders and Body Image Issues, is going online. This is an eating disorders training event for sufferers, mental health professionals, counsellors, nutritionists, dietitians, personal trainers, and anyone with an interest in eating disorders prevention. And it is now online, bringing people together, sharing a passion for change around these issues. It is an event to inspire, educate, and connect with like-minded others. So why do we need this event? We know that eating disorders are on the rise and many people in our culture experience devastating distress around body image. And as a result of this, so many people are desperately struggling with their physical health, mental well-being, and self-worth. And we know that the incidence of eating disorders exploded in the pandemic and we continue to experience the aftermath of this. And the Lancet Group recently published research in June 2023, revealing a 42% rise in eating disorders among teenage girls as a result of the lockdowns, with similar rates of self-harm in this demographic. We need change at grassroots level. We need to implement change in society, changing the narrative and helping people to find a newfound understanding around relationship with food, psychology and body image. So be part of this change. We have brought together experts in the field to inspire and educate around prevention of these issues. And it's gonna be a one day event on the 30th of September, 2023 online. We're gonna be having lots of talks and workshops, talking about the catastrophic impact of diet culture, looking at the early years as foundation for good mental health, talking about the hidden eating disorders with 85% of people not being underweight, looking at diagnosis, early intervention and support, talking about issues with men getting eating disorders too around muscularity, talking about improving body image and developing radical self-love, understanding a broader definition of health, intuitive eating principles, is sugar really the enemy, finding a healthy relationship with exercise and movement, dealing with diet culture, and lots more. So if you want to up-level your knowledge, be inspired, connect with others from all over the world and be part of this transformation, click the link in the bio of the show notes to get your ticket. Saturday 30th of September, see you there. Hi Amber, welcome back to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. Hi Harriet, how are you? It's so good to be back with you again. Yeah, I know, great. It's so lovely to have you and I think this is about the third, your third time on the podcast, I do believe. 
Yes, I believe so. Oh, so Amber, what's going on for you? Like, what's the weather like? What are you up to? How's oh life? my gosh. <laughs> yeah, life is so good. I just, it was just my birthday last week and we just went on a nice little holiday and it's been so beautiful. Albeit, we could use a little more rain, but life is good. I just, creating some new little kind of program offerings for late summer and fall and just excited to share more information about the podcasts and emotional eating and all these different connections that fuel this behavior. So it's been a really good summer. How about you? Yeah, and a really nice as well, actually. Yeah, we've got some lovely weather in the UK at the moment. It hasn't been quite so hot this year, but it's still been pretty nice. And I'm actually off on holiday for a week next week. So nice. I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, it will be good to get away and just completely switch off. You know what it's like? It's hard yes. to switch off properly, isn't it? When you're a business owner. <laughs> yeah, it can be tempting to just keep checking in, but it is. It's definitely important to unplug and just tune in to your present moment. So true. And you mentioned, Amber, that you are creating some more courses or programs. Like, Did you want to sort of share anything about that? Or is that something for people to look out for? <laughs> yeah, actually. So I get a lot of women that come to me, of course, who are dealing with binge eating, emotional eating, hormone imbalances. And I've had a big influx of women lately over the last couple of years that have had quite significant skin issues, whether it's acne, you know, some kind of skin breakouts, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea. And so the end of August, I have something coming that is a three-day experience where we're going to really break down the roots of these breakouts, whether it is tied to emotional eating, right? And depending on what you're eating, that's feeding unhealthy gut bacteria, or it's hormone imbalances, or we can have, you know, testosterone dominating acne, we can have from the pill or different medications we've had to take if our detoxification isn't working properly and emotions and our nervous system actually play a huge role in all these different kinds of skin reactions. So I'm going to really help break all these different things down because I feel like you know, a lot of band-aid approaches are taken with skin, unfortunately, and then you never actually get clear skin. So that's the first one. And then the second one, I'm really going to be focusing on helping women, I call it kick the sugar. So it's not like you have to cut sugar out, but it's understanding where your cravings are coming from, why you're craving sugar, why you may notice when you start eating it, it's hard to stop really taking an emphasis and focus on blood sugar and the things that throw blood sugar off and what fuels our cravings physically, emotionally, and energetically so that we can regulate blood sugar and learn how to have balance with it, right? Because it's not about restriction. It's about understanding what the roots of these, you know, cravings and triggers are. So it's going to come later in October, but it's going to be really fun to teach because we can enjoy mindful amounts and not have the cravings. And to me, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, no, sure. They both sound amazing, actually. And yeah, and I think tapping into areas perhaps where there's not enough support, you know, like particularly. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because the blood sugar thing is very sort of hot at the moment, isn't it? With like people testing their blood sugar more and wearing those glucose monitors and all of that. And, you know, my son's actually a diabetic as well, actually. So, you know, I think it's quite interesting. Is it? It's kind of interesting to have more of awareness about around our blood sugar, but without getting obsessed about it, I guess, you know, and having to sort of yeah. all these things meticulously. I agree. And I think the more in tune we become with our bodies and our body's physical and emotional cues, we can actually tap in right away and figure out where our blood sugar is without you know, and I get it with diabetics and things like that, like definitely monitoring, I think is important. But I think learning to listen to the body is the key, because then you're going to know when your blood sugar starts to go off, and you can tend to it, right? So it's very interesting subject. Yeah, I know. Sure. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing about those. I'm sure people will be like interested to look out for them. Yeah. So Amber, for people that don't know you, could you just introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Yes, of course. So I am Amber Romaniak and I'm an emotional eating, digestive and hormone expert. And I help women all over the world who are usually putting themselves on the back burner and the bottom of the priority list, overcome and heal any kind of emotional relationship with food, whether it be food addiction, binge, emotional eating, binging and purging, and get to the root of the other imbalances that are being amplified by these behaviors. So hormone imbalances, gut issues, cravings, blood sugar imbalances, body image issues, the lack of self-love, the people pleaser, the perfectionist mentality, 
the mindset emotional work is such a key part to support the physical healing of the body. And as I was mentioning earlier, really looking at how this all impacts our energy and, you know, impacts us on all different, all the different planes, emotionally, energetically, and physically. So I've had my business now for 10 years. It's hard to believe in the podcast and helped a lot of women and excited to be here with you today to dive into kind of a new topic that we haven't really touched on yet. Yeah, and it's very true, actually. I was thinking as well, I don't think I've actually had anyone talk about this topic on the podcast before. Oh, yay. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, so very pleased to have you here, Amber, talking about this. So we're going to talk about menstrual cycles, aren't we? Eating, relationship with food, and all of this. And I know so many people listening will really identify with, you know, feeling that they struggle more with their eating, maybe binge eating, emotional eating, overeating, particularly in that period of leading up to the menstrual cycle into the, you know, the the bleed. So yeah, so could you tell us a bit more about this? Like, you know, why do we have this increased sort of appetite, particularly before we have our period? Yeah. And I think this is one of the biggest binge and emotional eating triggers that I see in my practice that I personally had one of the last, this is one of the last triggers that I, it really took me time to figure this one out. And why are we so vulnerable to food leading up to our cycle? And there's a few key reasons that I want to highlight. So everyone has a bit of a different length of cycle, but phase four of the cycle is called the luteal phase. We do have four phases of our cycle. It's not just, you know, we go through and then one day our period shows up. So actually learning to tune into these four phases is really important. And the more in tune you are, the more you can set yourself up for success and prevent overeating and the big blood sugar spikes. But one of the reasons that in this luteal phase, which is roughly day 17 to 28, but if you're like a 36 day cycler or a shorter cycler, it could be a little bit different for you. So this is where becoming in tune and starting to learn how to listen to your body is going to really help you when this phase comes in. But this phase is ideally where we have progesterone that is peaking. Estrogen also slightly rises, albeit in previous phases of our cycle, estrogen will be at an even higher level, but then they drop right before the period starts. And this is where we have an increase in body temperature and our resting metabolic rate can actually speed up during this phase. So we actually, one of the reasons we have an increased appetite level naturally is because our metabolism is naturally sped up a little bit. And so you may feel called to eat a little bit more. Now, when we're in binge eating or emotional eating, we may not know the difference between like an actual physical hunger cue and those emotional triggers. So this is where obviously learning the difference between physical and emotional hunger and working on overcoming your triggers will really help you. So that's the first thing is that we actually have a natural increase in metabolism because of the increase in progesterone and estrogen and then the drop. So that's the first reason that our appetite level increases more. I don't know if you want to touch on that or if you want me to just keep going because I want to get into some of the imbalances that if we have them, when we get into phase four of our cycle, we'll be amplified, but make this increase in appetite probably even more noticeable. Sure. So maybe I can just ask you something about the fit that those physical changes as well. Like, what is it as well about why do we have this increase in metabolic rate? Like, is the body kind of needing to have like, I don't know, kind of like more energy to be more efficient before we actually have our period? <laughs> like, why is yeah, that? Yeah, I think that and also as well, because when we have such a massive shift and flux in hormones, right? So when we have this buildup, this increase of estrogen, there's an increase of testosterone in this progesterone peak, and then a drop, right? To trigger our period to actually come and to actually have our bleed. Like this is a significant hormone change. And so I think that part of what shifts this metabolism is having like, this is the most significant hormone change we're going to go through in our, you know, four phases of our cycle, obviously, unless you are pregnant and then there's massive hormone fluctuation happening there. So I think that just being that it's such a peak and drop really amplifies the metabolism. And I think as well, because there is such a fluctuation, the body does want a little bit more fuel, right? Because even though the female body recognizes this fluctuation in some senses, it still is a stressor on the body, right? And when we have different stressors going on, even though it's a natural stressor and it's 
preparing us to have this release, this shedding, right? This bleed, the body tunes in and goes, okay, there's this shift. Let's make sure that you're well-nourished and increase this metabolism a little bit just to make sure that your blood sugar is well supported. So I feel like it's also that the blood sugar really needs a little bit more food support during this time and also the immune system. And that's one of the reasons that I think we crave a little bit more at this time, because when we're going through this massive spike and drop of hormone, it can make our immune system a little bit more vulnerable. And I've also had quite a few clients say, oh, I noticed I could feel a touch of something coming on before my period. And that coincides with this. So if we can make sure that we're adding in, you know, really beautiful foods that support our immune system, like things that have vitamin C, like berries, sweet potatoes, lots of reds and purples and oranges, you know, that can help with not only our metabolism and satiate us, but also our immune system. So I think that like the spike and drop, which is a bit of a stressor, which signals our cortisol can also contribute to this increase in appetite level, which I can talk more about because so many women don't know that they have a cortisol issue and they have adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout. And that's going to mess with and skew this appetite even more And same with if we have a thyroid issue, if we have a thyroid issue, you might go, I don't feel more hungry before my cycle because our thyroid and our metabolism are directly connected. So I can go a bit more into those if you like. Yeah, no, please. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that, well, number one, I do encourage you to start, you know, tracking your cycle if you don't, because it's going to help you start to see where your follicular phase is starting. And like I said, every woman has a bit of a different length of cycle. And so I find if you're falling below a complete 24 day cycle or 25 day cycle, and you're getting your period, you know, somewhere along the lines of day 16 to 20, you probably actually have hormone imbalances going on. Ideally, we want to see the period be at least 27, 28 days, anywhere up to 36, because there is a bigger window that is normal, depending on if you've been on hormonal birth control, your hormone health state, your stress state, if you have a copper IUD, et cetera. So the first kind of indicator is if you're having a really short cycle, that these kind of hormone imbalances like low progesterone and estrogen may be going on for you. And those are usually indications of that. Or if you're having months where you're skipping your cycle, or you're just having light spotting and then not getting a full bleed. And I think this is where investigating hormones further and doing hormone testing, which I do with all my clients is so important because if that is going on, we want to nip it in the butt because that could impact this phase four and impact an increased appetite level, a decreased appetite level, or more significant PMS symptoms, which can kind of push us into that. I'm tired. I don't care mentality, the effort mentality, and then go into more comfort eating and soothing with foods. That's the first thing. The second thing is this cortisol that I've been talking about. So cortisol is the stress hormone. And 99% of my clients, including myself, before I did some deep healing, had a significant cortisol imbalance. Cortisol is produced by the adrenal glands in the middle of your back. They're two walnut-shaped glands. And we, of course, produce cortisol. It's our fight or flight hormone. So when we have stress or we have fear, we don't sleep good, you know, there's all kinds of different things that can trigger us to produce cortisol. But however, a lot of us spend a lot of time in fight or flight and stress response. And so our amygdala when we're in the stress response signals that I don't feel safe. There's something going on. There's some kind of stressor. And the amygdala is our fight or flight center. And it floods the body with cortisol and adrenaline. And unfortunately, a lot of us are in this response on a regular basis, which ideally we're not supposed to be. So the more we're flooding cortisol and adrenaline through the body, the more it can really start to impact our blood sugar inflammation, our mood, and of course, this phase four of our cycle leading up to our bleed. And so what I noticed with women is that if we have a cortisol imbalance, some of the most common signs are increased appetite level, abdominal weight gain, sugar and salt cravings, lower mood, feeling more irritable, having kind of a shorter fuse and just feeling like you can be more reactive or projecting on others, even to little things that you normally wouldn't be. You can have more sensitive digestion as well. And this is where we can start to see more PMS symptoms, you know, breast tenderness, cramps, irritability, 
increased cravings and appetite levels before your period. And what happens in phase four specifically is when we have elevated cortisol, our blood sugar is thrown off. Okay. So the more heightened stress in the body, the more our blood sugar is spiking and dropping, spiking and dropping in bigger peaks and valleys. And so when we then throw in the added fluctuation in the body with hormones in phase four, where our progesterone is peaking, our estrogen is peaking, and then they're dropping all of a sudden, this has a significant impact, not only on our blood sugar, but also our cortisol. Cause like I said, it is a stress for our body have to shift this. And so when that is going on, you may have bigger peaks and valleys, spikes and drops in your blood sugar, which can increase your cravings during this time, even more if you have a cortisol thing going on and increase your appetite, what feels like more than this natural small increase with the metabolic rate. And so it can literally make it feel like you could just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And so when we have emotional or binge eating, you know, triggers and behaviors going on, this can feel like a very dreaded time of the month because you may have a sneaky hidden cortisol imbalance and or blood sugar imbalance that are contributing to this increase in appetite. And if you're not aware of those, you may just feel like, oh my gosh, it just feels so easy to lose control of food during this time. I'm starting to also feel more emotional because yes, there are big fluctuations going on here. So I think it's really important that we really look at our cortisol levels. If this is you and you're relating to this and you just feel this increased loss of control with food and increased appetite levels, and you do feel more fatigue and afternoon energy levels than these symptoms that I've been talking about. So that's the first hormone imbalance other than the low progesterone and estrogen is this cortisol. I really can't emphasize the cortisol issue enough because if our cortisol is off and out of whack for long enough, the adrenal glands get really fatigued, continuing to produce high levels of cortisol. We're not supposed to be producing high levels of it all the time. It's just supposed to be in small amounts when we have a true stress response. So over time, what ends up happening is our adrenal glands will get depleted of cortisol. And so it starts to steal other hormones to convert into cortisol to keep us in this high stress response. And so we'll eat up our progesterone and estrogen. And that's why earlier I was talking about if you have a shorter cycle, if it's 24 days or less, if you're having months where it's not coming at all, this is a very common sign of this cortisol imbalance that's eating up your progesterone, estrogen, or both that is then depleting your cycle. So that's a very common sign of that. And if you're in menopause and you had irregular cycles, you may have all kinds of hot flashes and night sweats and easy weight gain and breast tenderness and things like that going on that we can still address and deal with. But you may notice an increased appetite level as well if you're in that phase of your life. So that's the first thing is the cortisol. That is a big piece that really impacts our blood sugar. Is there anything there you want to touch on before I go to the other imbalances? Oh, I mean, I think just fascinating. That's a big one. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. Um, big one. And I'm just wondering as well, for people, for some people listening who maybe are not actually having their cycle at the moment, they're mm. having, you know, amenorrhea, but they are very much in that stress response. Like what would be kind of going on there, I guess, as well? You know, how would, might that be impacting their cycle or lack of cycle? Yeah. So this is huge. So every single woman, including myself that I've worked with who has had amenorrhea and or is not getting their period, usually what is going on is there is a very high level of cortisol in the body. So it's usually much higher than the normal levels. And depending on the country you live in, test ranges look different everywhere. However, of course, the ranges are too big. So I always encourage you to get second, third opinions and people who are going to really advocate for you with your testing. Because if you are not having a period and you're just being told, oh, it's normal, oh, it's convenient, good for you, enjoy that. Like, no, you want to be having a period every month. It's a very healthy part of being a woman. But yeah, so the high cortisol, what ends up happening is if it's high for long enough and we don't course correct it or know what's going on, like I was saying, it eats up the progesterone and estrogen that we need to have ample amounts of them to actually produce a period and have a bleed every month. So if our progesterone is too low or both our estrogen and progesterone are too low, the body cannot properly ovulate, have the egg break down, have the uterine lining build up and then signal and have these shifts in the hormones to actually have the uterine lining contract and release and shed this lining every month. So I often see it as the depletion of estrogen and progesterone or one or the other. 
and the high cortisol that are causing this. And so whether it's over exercise, which is honestly one of the most common things I see with women who come to me is there some of it, it's innocent. And they don't realize that exercising six or seven days a week, especially first thing in the morning is the worst thing you can do if you have these kinds of hormone imbalances going on. And some have a hesitancy to slow down because they're tying their worth up in how much they move their bodies and or have a fear of weight gain. But the interesting thing about these kinds of hormone imbalances is you're more likely to increase your chances potentially of the body wanting to put on a bit of protection when we have multiple significant hormone imbalances going on and the exercise can make that worse if we are doing too much movement because of course exercise increases cortisol. And if we're working out in the morning, that is a window of increased cortisol already. So if we're constantly working out in the morning, eating up our progesterone and estrogen, that will contribute to the amenorrhea. Of course, if we're overbooked, we're people pleasers, we're overwhelmed, we're in the proving I'm not good enough. So I tie my worth up with how much I do mentality that can easily deplete our progesterone and estrogen and contribute to the amenorrhea as well. And of course, if we're not eating enough, especially enough good, healthy, nourishing fats, which are important because our hormones are fatty-like substances that can also really contribute to the amenorrhea. Time for a short advertisement break. I know that we talk a lot about food freedom on this podcast and how important it is to take care of yourself mentally and physically as you learn to navigate a culture inundated with toxic messaging. One of the best ways to take care of yourself is through exercise, but I know it can be really hard to find an exercise program that isn't rooted in these toxic messages and doesn't feel triggering. Well, I recently met Katie, the owner of an amazing new exercise company called WeShape, and WeShape doesn't focus on calorie counting, tracking, how much you work out, or making you feel bad about your body to get you motivated. Instead, they create a customized exercise routine for you that helps you connect with and care for your body rather than feel pressure to change it. They help you learn to set intentions that come from a place of self-care rather than self-judgment. And they support you every step of the way with an amazing community and live coaching so that you can make exercise a self-care practice that helps you feel better in your body and about your body. Plus, they are giving listeners of the show the chance to try it out for two full weeks for free. So just head on over to weshape.com forward slash freedom. That's weshape.com forward slash freedom or check out the link in the show notes to get you started today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for explaining well. that, Amber. So we want to work. <laughs> yeah, of course. So the blood sugar, right? The blood sugar is very tied to this cortisol piece that I've been talking about and our stress levels. So, you know, if we're not eating enough, if we're overeating, if we're eating a lot of processed foods, all of these things will skew our blood sugar and so will our gut health. So if we have a big history of taking a lot of antibiotics, if we've taken birth control pills, but primarily these two, and if we drink a lot of sugar or drink a lot of sugar, well, I mean, drink a lot of alcohol, which I mean, only is one molecule different than sugar, or we've eaten a lot of sugar and we are maybe not eating regularly, skipping meals, whether you're too busy or you're doing it intentionally, whatever it is, it really throws the blood sugar off. So when we have what's called candida or gut flora imbalance, some people call it your microbiome that can become out of whack. The more out of whack the unhealthy bacteria grows in the large intestine, the more it throws off our blood sugar and it increases our appetite level during phase four of our cycle. Because like we were talking about earlier, we have an increase in estrogen. And for some of us, we can actually have what's called estrogen dominance, which is where the estrogen levels get too high. And this is also why investigating via hormone testing is very important and sometimes estrogen can look really good on blood tests, but saliva testing is important because it measures more what's in the tissues versus the blood. So if you're going, well, I don't think I have high estrogen because my blood tests look normal, but you have breast tenderness, you feel really warm and puffy, really easy weight gain, lots of brain fog, night sweats, and you don't have to be in menopause for this. I had this in my mid-20s. You may have high estrogen. So doing further testing and investigating can be important. But why I'm bringing this up is because estrogen breaks down into simple sugars, believe it or not. And so if we have excess estrogen in the body, when we reach phase four of our cycle, we have this extra breakdown of estrogen going on into simple sugars. And these simple sugars 
feed the unhealthy bacteria, this gut flora issue, this candida, and then it increases our cravings for sugar. And then don't you know, you have more of a desire to eat more sugar leading up to your cycle. So this is where taking a good probiotic, getting support, balancing your gut flora. Ideally, I don't suggest any crazy detoxes because that can just trigger more binge eating. There are very simple, easy ways to do this without that. But working on balancing our gut flora is important for blood sugar regulation and seeing a more easy navigation through this phase four of our cycle. So when we have all this estrogen breaking down, it can screw our blood sugar more. So say you don't know any of this and it's like you're trying to navigate through this phase four and you're going, oh my goodness, like, I don't know this, but my cortisol is high in the background and I have, you know, estrogen imbalance and my gut flora is off. No wonder, you know, you're seeing this increase in appetite or increase in cravings through this phase four. It's not just this natural short increase in metabolism. It is all these other things that are going on in the body. And of course, when our blood sugar is off, like I was talking about earlier, we have these bigger peaks and valleys with it. And this can really impact our ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone that makes us hungry and our leptin, which is the hunger hormone that we produce to make us full. And so in phase four of the cycle with these hunger hormones, you may have an increase in ghrelin production, which is making you feel more hungry because of this peak and drop of progesterone and estrogen that is happening, but it can be heightened if your cortisol is high and if your blood sugar is off. So this is also one of the things that can make you want to eat more, right? So I think this is where we make sure that we're having beautiful different like proteins and fats with our meals helps to regulate our blood sugar and will help you navigate through this period of time where we can feel a little bit more vulnerable with food. So whether for you, it's like avocados and nuts and seeds or fatty fish or egg yolks, more chickens and fishes and beef or whatever it is, you know, quinoa and hemp seeds, which, you know, if you're more plant-based, you want to really make sure you're getting that stuff in. That's the blood sugar factor. And then usually I found when we get into our phase one again, which is our actual bleed, the blood sugar more going into like day three, four, five of the bleed and beyond usually will regulate and we'll see the appetite level start to settle. If you're going, I am ravenous through my period as well. Some of the things I've been talking about may be going on and they may be really impacting, right? Your appetite level still. And so this is where, you know, looking at hormones and getting support to navigate through them, to regulate them, your blood sugar, your gut health, your stress, your mindset, behavior with food, all these things are really important to address because you ideally are not supposed to have any PMS symptoms where, you know, that's a sign of significant imbalance going on in the body. And it feels so good to not have any of that come up and then just kind of get this little twinge and you're kind of like, okay, I feel like my period's coming and to just get it and not have all this. So we can really we can resolve the cramps, the significant increases in appetite level, the cravings, feeling more vulnerable with food and just feeling, you know, a massive mood shift. We can actually clear the majority of this out and just feel slightly, maybe a little emotionally sensitive because we do have that hormone fluctuation going on. Maybe you notice a little bit of an increase in appetite, but you're able to, you know why. And so you're able to give to your body and that's it. So the ghrelin, the blood sugar, the cortisol, the progesterone, estrogen, the gut flora, these things all have an impact on this more sensitive phase four of our cycle. Gosh, it's fascinating. You're just talking through all of that, Amber. And I guess it sounds like for, you know, definitely for some people listening, if they are really recognizing this kind of roller coaster, blood sugar, these intense cravings, the breast tenderness, all these symptoms, just not feeling very good. Like the hormone testing sounds like a really helpful sort of tool, I guess, to be able to kind of guide people to sort of like, you know, to have an objective view in terms of what's going on. A hundred percent. And testing is so important because depending on where your levels lie. So oftentimes if they're too high, you're going to need different recommendations and support than if they're too low. So I know sometimes we just want to figure it out ourselves, but I highly encourage you to not go on Google and self-diagnose and go, oh, I have these symptoms. So I'm going to just follow this protocol on this blog because just as an example, say with cortisol, say your cortisol is too high. There are specific supports that are needed to help regulate and lower cortisol levels that would actually do your body a disservice if you're, you know, you didn't do testing and you actually had low cortisol 
If we take the wrong or incorrect supplements, it can mess the levels up even more. The other reason hormone testing is important is because say you have cortisol and a thyroid issue. Well, some of the things that would be recommended to help regulate your thyroid may not be so great for your cortisol levels. Same with if your estrogen is high, some of those recommendations can suppress your thyroid. So it's so important to have the full picture as well, because we don't want to hurt another hormone and cause more imbalances, right? And then have more symptoms, more increased appetite levels, feel more vulnerable to binge or whatever is going on. We want to see the full picture so that we can give the proper recommendations and then you know, monitor the improving of symptoms and then see that things come to balance because then you can come off of some of the supplements or, you know, maybe shift up your routine and gently add in a bit more mindful movement again. So the testing is really important to see whether levels are too high or too low and then to monitor to make sure that things are moving in the right direction because sometimes it can take a bit of tweaking and adjusting of, you know, different things that we're doing to see those things change. Also, I find the testing is important because it helps to verify which I just want to reassure the listeners already, you're not crazy. It's not in your head. There's, you know, it's not that you're having all these symptoms and there's nothing going on. So getting the testing done is also a reassurance and a confirmation that you are an intelligent, you know, woman or man, whoever's listening, you have an intuition. And if you feel like something is off with your body, you are right about that and investigating and advocating and or having, you know, people that are helping you to do that is really important because I've literally never had someone not have hormone imbalances. And in 10 years and thousands of women, you know, that's pretty significant odds, right? So there's usually something going on. And so the testing helps us validate and verify you know, just doing a health assessment, even before we do testing and looking at your symptoms. So it helps to verify so that we can get very accurate and then take those steps with foods, with teas, with spices, with supplements, with nervous system calming tools, right? Mindset work, like all these things that are going to help calm your nervous system and help calm your blood sugar, your cortisol, and these other hormones. Sure. And I guess for anyone listening, say it sounds like for a lot of people actually having the hormone testing is like a fundamental part of this process Mm -hmm. just to really get that objective feedback. For anyone listening who's thinking as well, like I want to kind of honor those cravings, some of those sugar cravings maybe in the, you know, lead up to my cycle. But obviously, you don't want to send your blood sugar on a roller coaster, you know, really Mm -hmm. that's making yourself feel worse. Like, have you got any tips for how people can incorporate like a bit of those some sugar into their eating, but to do it in a way that's going to just be more manageable for the body and not kind of flare up your symptoms so much. A hundred percent. Yes. So I agree. It is about mindfulness and it is about balance. So the first thing is, is if you are going to have something, try to really slow down and make the experience really sacred. So mindfully eating, eating slowly, enjoying whatever you're having, because when we slow down, right? Even if we are having something with sugar or something that's a bit more processed, we're going to just process and break it down more easily because we're not in a rush. We're not shoving it down. We're not, you know, stressing and feeling all of this guilt because as soon as we go into that stress, we're spiking our cortisol and our blood sugar more, right? And that will increase our appetite to want to have more. So slow down, eat it mindfully. Something else that can be really helpful is to pair your sugars with fats. So say maybe it is that you are, I don't know, wanting to have some chocolate, right? So maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to eat this chocolate. Well, the good news is most chocolate has cocoa butter in it, which has fat, which is good. So it's going to break down some of the sugars in your, your chocolate more slowly, or maybe you want to have your piece of, you know, your chocolate or whatever you're having with a fat. So I always say, if you compare with like a nut butter or some nuts or half of an avocado that will help to break the sugars down more slowly and prevent a massive spike. I think another thing is, is if you can make sure that you're eating regularly through the day, which is going to keep your blood sugar more regulated. So when you do decide to have whatever thing you're going to have, your blood sugar is already going to be more regulated and that will cause less of a spike. And I think staying hydrated is important because if we're dehydrated, that can signal to an increased appetite level and increased cravings. So making sure that you're drinking a lot of really good filtered water, ideally, but a lot of water through the day is going to help 
with hydration and help reduce those cravings and blood sugar is going to stay more stable. And that's going to just make it easier to go, Hey, I want to just enjoy this little thing. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to eat it slowly and mindfully. That will help me feel more emotionally and physically satiated. And we have far less likelihood of feeling that guilt or feeling that, you know, frustration of, Oh, I gave in again. Like it's just give yourself permission. You're human. We're all going to have indulgence a little bit. It's okay. And it's just being intentional with that. So those are the things that I would suggest. The last thing is adding things like cinnamon to your food because it's got chromium in it. And that is the blood sugar supporting mineral. So you could of course, add cinnamon into your food somewhere through the day or have a chai or a rooibos tea. Rooibos has a lot of chromium in it as well. And those things could help. If you want to just take chromium, you could, but of course, disclaimer with any kind of supplement and if you're taking medication or have any kind of health issues going on, always check with your primary care provider and or your healthcare practitioner to make sure that there's no interference and that that would be a good option for you because chromium is great for blood sugar balance. And what does cinnamon do then as well? How does that regulate blood sugar? Yeah, so it's the highest spice or food that's high in chromium. So it's got tons of chromium in it. So it helps to balance blood sugar. Yeah, it is a miracle food for blood sugar because of that high level of chromium. Mm, Okay, yeah, no, sure. Makes sense. Yeah. So Amber as well, you've already sort of touched a bit on the kind of mindset side of things and how when we're so all or nothing, how that creates stress and that whole cortisol response and about giving yourself permission and, you know, having intention around your, your eating. Is there anything else you want to add to that kind of mindset piece, I guess, in the context of your menstrual cycle? Yeah, definitely. Because it sounds all good to just go, oh yeah, I'm going to just give myself permission and I'm going to enjoy this. But if you have a perfectionist all or nothing mentality, I know for a fact that it's easier said than done because as soon as you start eating, the ego mind kicks in and goes, oh my gosh, you messed up again. You're not supposed to have that. Now it's like the effort mentality. Now you've messed up the day. So eat whatever else you want, right? So we want to work on bringing in balance, a more balanced mindset that it's safe for me to enjoy this it's safe for me to slow down and really like nourish my body and have this mindful moment and that my body can break this down and that it's safe to have balance with food and that I can enjoy this. And if I'm feeling this urge all of a sudden that now I've messed up the day and now, you know, I've ruined everything and there's just no point. I might as well just like binge my way through the rest of the day or overeat through the rest of the day. It's to actually take a moment and pause and go, okay, that's a choice. And I can choose that. However, what would a more balanced approach look like? I enjoyed that, that ice cream or that chocolate or whatever was, that was so good because I slowed down and I really ate it mindfully. Now, how do I want to best support my mind, my body, every part of me through the rest of the day that is going to be a more balanced approach. And that's the dialogue that we want to start to get into. Because when we go into that, I ate that, I'm bad. I'm feeling guilty. I've messed up. Screw it. Now I'm going to eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. We're literally wiring a pathway in our head that says, if I indulge at all, I've ruined everything. And now I'm going to go into this extreme of overeating, binging, or emotionally eating. And we don't, you know, we want to dismantle that pathway and we want to create the new one, which is it's safe to mindfully indulge. And I can still treat my body well through the rest of the day. I don't have to now punish myself, right? So that is a mentality that takes time to shift because you're literally dealing with pathways, unwiring old pathways, building new ones. You're dealing with an emotional charge that you have to a behavior, right? Mm -hmm. I've done this and now I have to feel bad and guilty and I have to be hard on myself, right? So there's things to undo there. And that's where I really encourage if you're that all or nothing, right? I'm either 100% in or I'm 100% out, to deal with that and maybe get some support with it if it's been something you've been dealing with for years or decades, because that is the voice that time and time again will want to continue to push us into being all in or all out, which will continue to fuel these imbalances, you know, that don't need to continue. So bringing balance in is going to help actually heal the physical body and reduce inflammation, regulate blood sugar, regulate these cortisol levels and things like this, because that all or nothing mentality is actually one of the things that keeps cortisol levels high and keeps this whole domino effect of things we've been talking about today going. Because it's extremes, right? Instead of kind of finding the middle ground. Yeah, no great wisdom there, Amber. 
So Amber, is there anything else you want to add around, you know, all this great information that you have dispensed? Because, you know, it's just fascinating. But, you know, is there any any sort of other sort of areas that you think you need to sort of let us know about? I think that there's a couple of key other things I'd love to touch on. The first is sleep. So try to honor your body. And this is a vulnerable time when we're going through this phase four into our bleed So if you are able to honor your sleep, especially a little bit more on this time, but ideally to work on good sleep hygiene anyway, if you're not sleeping well, if you have trouble falling asleep or you're waking through the night and it's not because someone else is waking you up, this is where hormone imbalances lie. So another good reason to get testing done and to look at course correcting and supporting your sleep. If others are waking you like little ones and things like that, I know it's innocent and it can't be helped. So this is where if you're able to get to bed a little bit earlier and, or you want to, you know, do some like sleepy time or chamomile teas in the late afternoon to help you with your sleep, that can be helpful because when our sleep is off, it will more easily throw the hormones off and make it a little more difficult to bring them into regulation. And of course, the more tired we are, the more our dopamine and serotonin, our mood hormones and neurotransmitters can be lower. And of course, the more tired we are, we can have an increased appetite level, which can contribute more to this phase four of our cycle. So sleep hygiene, right? If you can unplug from technology 15 to 30 minutes before bed and, you know, get into that falling asleep more easily, that can be really helpful. So sleep is the first thing. And also understanding that as our hormones fluctuate, we can have a fluctuation in our mood, especially if our hormones are out of whack. So one of the things in this phase four of our cycle going into our bleed is that when we have this increase and drop in estrogen and progesterone, we can have a drop in serotonin, which is of course one of our mood boosting hormones and we produce it in the gut. And so if you're feeling a little more low or a little more tired or just a little bit more like, I want to curl up in a ball for a few days and like kind of hibernate, you know, don't make it mean that there's anything bad or wrong with you. If you slow down, if you take on less commitments, if you're resting a little bit or a lot more, because this is a massive shift and we are now going through this purge, this physical purge and release this energetic purge and this detox. So we're actually detoxing when we're having our period. And so this is a time to really like try to be gentle with yourself and slow down and honor. So you may slow down your movements during this phase. You may sleep a little bit more or a lot more, like I said, or you may incorporate more self-care. This will help with mood regulation. This will help keep ample levels of our serotonin, which are going to help, you know, keep us in a more of a regulated mood, which can prevent the overeating and the comfort eating. Get in the sun if you can, get out into nature, get your feet in the grass or the sand or whatever kind of earth you can, right? Maybe this is a time where you do a little more meditating or journaling or baths or just the things that you love to do that really help to comfort and soothe you that are not just going to food, right? So we can have, enjoy that, you know, indulgence and go, how can I give to myself? What does my body want? What kind of self-care and nurturing do I want right now as I go through this more vulnerable time in my cycle? So those would be the other suggestions to just help nurture you along the way, you know, because it is a gift to have these phases in this cycle. However, we just haven't necessarily been taught how to navigate through it. Well, it's so great hearing that because I think it's just real permission, isn't it, for people to like mm. lean into that kind of comfort and self-care and soothing in that vulnerable time. You know, I guess so many of us aren't tuned into our cycles, are we? And we're just expecting ourselves to just like continue on the treadmill yeah. when actually it would just be so much wiser, wouldn't it, just to be slowing down and taking care of ourselves in that, particularly in that period. Yeah, 100%. And it is permission. Give yourself the permission I know, again, for some of the people pleasers and perfectionists, they're like, no, I have to go, go, go. But your body truly does want you to slow down a bit and honoring her is going to help make it easier for you to process through this phase. And it's actually going to teach you more self-love, self-nurturing, self-honoring. So try to honor, you know, these phases of your cycle more. I did an episode of the podcast where I went through the four phases of the cycle. So people can listen to that. It's episode 420 of the No Sugar Coding podcast. But yeah, the more we know about this, because we actually have phases of the cycle where we're, we have more bursts of energy. And that's more like after our bleed, like day seven to 17 or so, we feel more motivated. We get more done. We're more clear-minded. So there are those phases as well where you're, you do feel that. So yeah, honoring our phases of our cycle is very empowering for us on all levels. 
Well, thank you, Amber, so much for talking us all through that. I just think such a wealth of information. Really, really appreciate it. Of course, my pleasure. So, Amber, where can people find you if they want to get in touch, listen to your podcast, etc.? Yeah, so you can find everything at amberpoop.ca. There are over 400 episodes of the No Sugar Coding podcast where I go into hormones, gut stuff, blood sugar, mindset, emotional eating, binge eating, cycle syncing, everything that we've talked about today, tenfold the ego, the all or nothing mentality. So all those episodes are available on amberpoop.ca as well as any podcast app. If you are curious and or wondering, you know, if you're struggling with hormone imbalances, or you want to talk more about that and testing and the programs available to do those kinds of things, or look at your gut issues or your appetite levels or helping you sync your cycle or any aspect of what we've been talking about today, you're welcome to book a 30 minute body freedom consultation. And we can talk about likely what's going on. And it doesn't actually matter where you live in the world for testing. Cause I have, you know, different access to it just depends if it's going to be shipped right to your door, or if it's going to be something that you take a piece of paper to a lab. So it's easy to access testing and then we can go through it together and help you balance things naturally, which is always beautiful. And then, of course, you can also check out the website, amberapproved.ca, for the skin masterclass and the sugar that are coming in the next few months and all the other little bits and pieces that I have to offer, as well as a free emotional eating quiz. And then I'm on Instagram, and it's just my name, Amber Romaniuk, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. Hey, thank you so much, Amber, and I'll make sure the details are all in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an awesome conversation to have with you. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being here. You are one of my favorite guests, definitely, Amber. You always provide so much value and your episodes are always some of the most popular on the podcast. So massively appreciate your time and energy. So thank you so much. Thanks. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I did. Do go and check out all of Amber's details in the show notes. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And you might be interested to join my bite-sized eating disorder therapy Here you can get additional podcasts, video content, loads of skills and tips from the therapy room for only £5 a month and you can try it for a week for free first and link is in the show notes. You might also want to join us for our transformational event on Saturday the 30th September, now online, inspiring prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. So we've changed the time now as well so it can be accessible to people in the US too. So please do sign up and join. Link is in the show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.